Well, hello everybody. It's great to be here. I so enjoyed being with the guys in Bulgaria uh, last weekend. Super to go with uh, the team here from TKC. They've been working into Bulgaria for years. So I was the new boy on the scene uh, and it was great to see uh, what God did there and uh, to encourage them. And uh, as we just said, uh, I was at a, a Luther conference yesterday and the day before where uh, people came together to ga- uh, celebrate uh, 500 years since Luther rediscovered the heart of the gospel, that it's all free, it's mercy, it's forgiveness. It's not about doing all kinds of duties and religious ex- externals. And uh, we just had a storming time the last couple of days uh, down at Hedge End in Southampton. So it's been uh, an exciting time. And it's great. Last week, as we were uh, concluding, I guess, in Bulgaria, we began to pray for the sick, and we saw lots of people healed. Uh, I think we were praying for the sick for an hour and a half after the meeting had finished. Thank you so much, Kieran. And, uh, and just lots of lovely healings. And uh, thinking about, hey, we're good to focus on that for a while, and we'll see some people healed here uh, this morning at the end, because uh, God is amongst us. Uh, God is accessible. God is a father who loves to answer prayer. Jesus conquered death. And uh, we'll see as we look in the word together in a moment, uh, during his life for ministry, very much part of his ministry was bringing healing to the sick, a recovery of people. He came to establish a phenomenal kingdom of kindness, love, and power. And uh, yes, we see that in many, many places, but we don't often kind of focus a teaching on healing. And certainly I don't often focus a teaching on healing, but we can easily do that from the scriptures. So I'm just going to read one particular verse. Uh, I'm going to be reading many verses with you as we go through, so I'm not going to a lengthy reading. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith wouldn't rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And then in the 15th chapter of Romans, he says this, I'll not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem round as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. He fully preached it. and could be translated, I fulfilled it. I fulfilled the gospel. The gospel being not just in word, but in demonstration. God's here. God's here. I just saw this terrific young guy saying, I cried out suddenly, I felt this energy, I felt this power, I felt I'm not just listening to people's words. There are some people's words, a prisoner like that, a guy who stabbed people in prison, in the end, you know, just words, ah, it's words, he's not interested. What he was amazed to find, what's this power? I feel this power coming up in my life. And he's now transformed, going into prison and sharing the good news about Jesus. So the gospel isn't just words. Praise God for the words. Praise God for how Luther rediscovered. He rediscovered the words. Got the Bible printed in, in, in German language. So it wasn't in Latin and unaccessible. But there in their native tongue. Wow, look what it says. Thank God for the words. But thank God for the power as well. And so let's just pray. And then we'll get into a study about healing this morning. Lord Jesus, we truly honor you. 
We have sung our welcome to you, Lord. We're here for you. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we are here for you. We live for you. We can't imagine life without you. I can't imagine how boring, empty, scary life would be without you. And Lord, we just love you so much. And Lord Jesus, we invite you. We welcome you. Holy Spirit, come and lead us, we pray. Come and lead us into truth. Come upon us. Please, Father, come upon us so that what we hear inspires confidence in you. Glorify your great name in us, we pray. We ask it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are um, an unashamedly charismatic church. We believe in the Holy Spirit's presence in the church. I remember when the charismatic movement uh, started. I remember being involved in those very early days. 1962, it began to break out, and I was uh, in that, yeah. And I remember when we were filled with the Spirit, I thought, wow, that's the New Testament coming alive then. Everything in the New Testament we can now see. We'll, we'll, we'll see the whole deal. Uh, and, and there were some disappointments. There were some shocks, some surprises. It wasn't as straightforward as I thought. I remember when we got filled with the Spirit, I had the pleasure, the thrill of laying hands on lots of the young people in the Baptist church I attended in Hove. And we all started going out on a Sunday afternoon on Brighton Seafront and preaching in the open air. And I mean, it was, it was pretty exciting. We'd never done anything like that before. And we were kind of hidden away. And when the Spirit came, we kind of went out and started talking about Jesus openly. And at one time, we were there on Brighton Seafront, and uh, I did my preach on the box, and I got down. Then Keith, my friend, he got on the box, and he preached. And he's saying, oh, Jesus is alive. Jesus is amongst us. If any of you wants to be healed, come down now. And I, I looked at Keith, what? <laughs> I thought, well, you know, it's in the Bible, I guess, the whole thing. Hey, yeah, you come now. I mean, we'd not talked about that sort of thing. I mean, it's pretty exciting, and wow, here we go then. And then uh, at the Brighton Seafront, you've got a lower promenade and a top promenade, and he shouted this thing out, and someone from the front of the upstairs promenade shouted out, if he can heal, take your glasses off. And it was like someone took a spear and threw it straight through his guts. And Keith went, and for the next few weeks, I had the very scary experience of being next to Keith in his car. I didn't have one. In his car, uh, without his glasses, driving. And he's driving along, and I'm thinking, oh, God, whoa. And uh, so it's complicated, all right? Healing. Healing is complicated and sometimes almost devastatingly hard. I remember uh, one of my first experiences was with a dear friend whose little girl lived for about 13 weeks. She was born very ill. And I remember one day I was in his home and uh, his wife brought the baby in. She looked terribly ill. And please pray now. And we prayed for her. She looked blue. She looked terribly ill. And we prayed for her. And when I opened my eyes again, her skin was pink again. And I, I rushed home. I told my unconverted parents, Christina's been healed. We laid hands on her. She's healed. A few days later, she died. I thought, oh boy, I am never going there again. 
You know, that can happen to us. We can, we can think, well, it's too difficult. It's too complicated. There are too many question marks. And it leaves us backing off. But I can only say in recent years, months, and in, I would say even more and more in recent times, we're seeing more and more people healed. More and more breakthrough. I uh, hear the guys come back in. Kieran was sharing as the elders. You know, they prayed for guys. His arm was completely healed. We're seeing more and more healings. And so it's best for us to bring the whole thing out and to look at it, to inspire and encourage and motivate, at the same time acknowledging, hey, there are questions, there are setbacks, there are heartaches, heartbreaks. But nevertheless, God does heal. He does heal. So let's just remind ourselves of some of the things that the Scripture says. It says... It was first, the gospel was first spoken to us by the Lord. It was confirmed by those who heard, God also bearing witness with them by signs and wonders and various miracles. God bearing witness, God owning them, God manifesting his power, affirming that this news, this message that Jesus Christ is alive, that he is the authentic son of God, he's not just a traveling preacher, he is the authentic son of God, he is truly risen. God confirming that, God stepping in, moving with power. And if you read the book of Acts, it follows on from the gospels, all these remarkable things continued to happen. So let's just come to some basics. First of all, One of the names of God, Exodus 15, is in verse 26, I am the Lord who heals you. All right, so if we're going to introduce the Bible's God, one of the names of the Bible's God is I am the Lord, Yahweh, who heals. It's one of his names. There are a number of names of God, the Lord our righteousness, I'm the Lord who heals you. It's one of my names, it's a characteristic, it's who I am. That's who I am, I heal people. That's who he is. That's the God we worship, the God we know and serve. He's God who heals people. That is his name. All right, so let's not rob him of his name. Let's not ignore that aspect of who he is. And then he says this in Psalm 103, forget not, we're inclined to forget. Don't forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Don't forget that. Don't forget. That's what the psalm is telling us. Don't forget, he heals. And we find in the Old Testament, God often healing. We find Abraham prays for a sick guy, and sick household actually. And the household is completely healed. When this man of God prays, they're healed. It's one of the ways in which the God of Israel reveals himself. He heals people. When Abraham prays, they're healed. When Elijah prays, healing takes place. When Elisha prays, healings take place. And it's even kind of a mass healing, if you like, when at one time, because of their sin, it says God sent uh, snakes and serpents among them, and some of them are being bitten and poisoned. People are beginning to die. Uh, I said, what do we do? What do we do? And they're told, now you, you make a kind of model serpent, a bronze serpent, lift that up. And when you look at that, you'll be healed. And they did. They made this bronze serpent. They lifted it up. And when they looked, they were healed. So actual physical healings took place regularly in the Old Testament. He is the Lord who heals. That's demonstrated in families and homes, in Bible stories. He heals people. Then we find Jesus coming on the scene. And Jesus comes bringing in a kingdom. He comes to declare that the kingdom of God, the rule of God, has arrived. 
The kingdom of God is among you. God has stepped on the scene. Uh, Tom Wright wrote, wrote a tremendous book, When God Became King. It's like Jesus came to establish a kingdom. And, uh, and Tom Wright, in his excellent book, uh, challenges the, some of the, the creeds. The creeds talk about he was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and buried. That, that's the creed, one of the creeds. And that often, Church of England, you quote that creed in the part of worship. Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate. It's like, well, he says, well, what, what happened in the middle? It was born in order to die? Well, some would argue that, yes. And of course, the Reformation, Luther's Reformation, actually underlined that reality, what he accomplished in his death. So the Reformers left it there as well, if you like, that he was born, he died. He's born, he laid down his life, he delivered us from our guilt and shame. But Tom Wright says, hey, what about all this bit in the middle? Where he came to I, the kingdom of God is among you. God has come. And if you read right through the Gospels, it says he went from place to place preaching, the kingdom has come, the kingdom has come. And when he said the kingdom has come, he said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out demons, you know the kingdom of God is among you. And one of the demonstrations that Jesus is king was that people were getting healed. And crowds gathered, huge crowds gathered to him because they were being healed. He was constantly healing the sick. He actually said in his kind of manifesto statement, if you like, in Luke 4, when he first spoke publicly, he said, he quoted from an Old Testament verse from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel, to bring deliverance, to open eyes. That's, that's what I've come to do. That's what I've come to, I've come to do that. And then if you read the gospel stories, he's either healing the sick or he's just about to heal the sick or he's just coming back from healing the sick. It's just full of it. You can't read the gospel stories without facing this again and again. Jesus is busy healing people. He healed, it says this, he healed them all. The Bible makes it plain no one was turned away. He turned none away. He healed all who came to him. Even when John the Baptist was surprised at the way Jesus was operating, the way Jesus was operating was mixing with sinners in a way that John the Baptist hadn't really expected. John the Baptist was a bit of an ascetic. He lived out in the desert. He was kind of, he didn't mingle. If you want to come to him, you can come to him, be baptized and change. Jesus came up in among the crowd. He got a reputation. You eat with the wrong people. You drink with the wrong people. And John the Baptist said, are you the one? Are you the one? Have I made a mistake? He's in prison now. His head's down. Are you really the one? He said, and Jesus said, go and tell him. The blind are seeing. The deaf are healing. Are being healed. The lame are walking. Hey, go and tell him. And so Jesus is saying, look, here, here it is. This, this, is the author, this is who I am. I may be mingling in a way you didn't expect. Because he was a friend of sinners. It's one of his great names. He mingled. He came to help sinners. He came to help people like the guy we've just seen on the screen who we would have thought is a hopeless case. Jesus came, thank God, for hopeless cases. And that shocks the religious people. But what he said, listen, look, the sick are being healed. It's one of the things you expect when the Messiah comes. And it's happening. He did it. He healed them. It says at one point he went up into a mountain. 5,000 people followed him into the mountain. 
in fact, it says 5,000 men. It says plus women and children. Carson says probably 20,000 people followed him. And he healed them and taught them. Then the next day, he healed them and taught them. It says on the third day, he healed them all. He healed them all. 20,000 people in what we would call a third world context. Not one sick person left. This is the kingdom of God breaking out. It's God coming with mercy and power. That's what, that's what Jesus came. He didn't just come with words. Paul says, I did not come with just words only. That, my gospel isn't just words only. It's power. There's a demonstration. God's come. Wouldn't we expect something more than words? Whenever in the Old Testament God came, there was power. Every advance in the Old Testament, the exodus, the incredible demonstration of power, the getting into the land, Jericho walls come down. David becomes king. Whenever God's on the move, it's never just words. It's never just words. He's not a politician. It's power. It's always with power. God came with power. And he responded. Even when a guy says, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. He still healed him. He's not, ah, only half faith clear off. No, no. Help my unbelief. Just healed him. He's very generous, incredibly generous. He demonstrated also what I'd like to call a confrontational attitude to sickness. Now, probably we as you know, evangelical believers, we have to make quite a big change of thinking to think this is what the Jesus we worship was like. We've sung, you know, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus. You know, the Bible, Jesus, is pretty angry about sickness sometimes. It says in Luke 13, 14, Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, this woman was bent over, we're told. A woman came, she's bent over. Should not this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day? Set her free. Should she not be set free? Satan's bound her. There's an aggression in Jesus. It's like he's come to fight. He's come to set people free. He's come with also amazing compassion. So there's this mixture. Jesus is wonderful, wonderful Jesus. He's got a kind of roaring lion about him. We sometimes sing that great new song. He's roaring with power. Yeah, he was. And this, this girl's free. This woman's free. Because he, he doesn't want to see this. He deals with it. And he moved with compassion. It says that he saw a crowd, had compassion on them, and healed their sick. He's moved with compassion. It's one of the, see, it seems to me like action needs to be triggered. I remember once when I was working in London and the guy in my office, and not literally my little room but part of the setup, was very seriously ill and went to hospital. And I, I went to see him in hospital. I didn't know him terribly well. We sometimes played table tennis in the lunch break. And uh, he's in hospital. Mike's in hospital. So I, I went to see him. And uh, he was, I was told he's in that ward. I went into the ward. There's only four beds in there and he wasn't there. So I went back to the reception. I said, I'm sorry. No, no, Mike. Uh, I said his surname. Um, no, he's in that ward. I said, no, I've just been to that ward. He's in that ward. 
Okay, so I went back to the ward. And it was him. But he was so ill, it was, I, I, I didn't recognize him. And I, I sat down, I, I tried to kind of engage with him, and, and uh, he, he said, I haven't slept. It's so painful. And I thought, wow, I've never been exposed. I mean, I, I had never been exposed to that kind of thing. He was, he was in constant pain. And, and, then, and he said, I can't sleep. And uh, I mean, I was impacted by it. I'm just a, a young Christian. But I went home that night. And I, I think I, the word compassion in the New Testament is only mentioned in, in the context of Jesus. Even when Paul says, moved with the compassion of Christ, he's talking about himself, but it's the compassion of Christ. Moved with compassion. I went home. I, I mean, I'm not a very compassionate person. I'm a very selfish person. And I, got, and I just couldn't. I couldn't. I, I knelt down by my bed. I said, Lord, I'll stay awake tonight. Please let him sleep. Please let him sleep. And I, I was moved with compassion. I suddenly felt... I'll, I'll stay awake, oh, please. And I prayed for a while, and I, I felt like it's okay, it's done. And went to see him again, and well, he was back, he got back to work, he was wonderfully restored, it was a kind of turning point night for him. But compassion's part of the deal. It's not just trying to argue. You know, is it in, uh, moved with compassion. Jesus moved with compassion. I prayed for a lady in, um, I think it was either Oakfield or Heathfield a few months ago. And she had arthritic knees. I prayed for her knees. Uh, and I just said, you know, kick my hand. And she did say, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's all, the pain's all gone. The pain's gone. She said, but I have got such, compa- I've got such um, arthritis in my knuckle. Would you pray for my knuckle? And I, I just told this arthritis, go. And she went, and she screamed. I thought, oh, grief, what have I done? And she screamed because she said, it's gone. It's gone. And it was just like, you think, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. You've seen what that's, that's been hurting her so much. And she, she didn't get to laugh or cry. It's gone. It's gone. God's moved when he sees us waking in the morning with pain. We can't sleep for pain. He's moved. He's moved with compassion. He shows Compassion. He saw the leper moved with compassion. Other people were backing off. Hey, it's a leper. He moved in and touched what you shouldn't touch. Plunged his hand into the sickness. When he died on the cross, some people say, they kind of argue there's healing in the cross. Now, that's a theology you may struggle with and I think the way it's represented I've struggled with and I still would there are some people who say well he bore my sicknesses so I am healed it's like a logical consequence if he bore my sicknesses I'm healed and they do have scripture it says in Matthew 8 verses 16 17 he healed them all in order that what was spoken by Isaiah might be fulfilled he himself bore our infirmities and carried away our diseases. So when Jesus healed the sick, 
uh, the scriptures say that's why it happened. It's fulfilling what God promised. And, but some people will apply that logically in the sense that, right, if he suffered, then I won't, and therefore it's done, I'm healed. And I've even had people come to me and say, would you pray for me for this sickness? I've already, I've already healed from it. You think, well, what do you want me to pray for it for? It's, well, it's all happened, but... Uh, and it's almost like I'm trying to do a mental switch, and I can't find comfort there, but I must argue that actually healing ultimately must flow from the cross. Everything flows from the cross. It's at the cross that every, God put everything right. When God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, when he hung on the cross and carried the curse, it's cursed, it's everyone who hangs on the tree. He took the full curse of the law, the curse of God. He took away our guilt. Hallelujah. And he dealt with issues. Every, every positive thing flows out from that. He won the victory. He paid the price. He heals our wounds. Yes, of course, everything must flow from the cross. It comes with that sense of he's making atonement. He's putting things right. He's dealing with the issue. God's made him our wonderful substitute, dying in our place, suffering in our place. It's in what he has done that we can come and expect to find mercy. It was such a blessing hearing these scholars talking about Luther over this last two days at the Reformation conference that I just attended. Just magnificent. They hear the story of Luther and how he, at first, he's just struggling with the whole issue of uh, indulgences when they're saying, well, you just pay some money, it'll take your aunt or mother or brother out of purgatory. You know, pay some money. And it's this terrible doctrine of purgatory and paying money. And Luther, initially, that's all he's angry with. And he said, well, this is terrible, this is terrible. And then, then gradually, he, he kind of moves on. It's not an overnight thing. It's, it takes a few years. He suddenly begins to see, no, it's, it's, about, it's about meekness. It's not about what we can do. It's, and then he moves on from, from humility and meekness to grace. It must be grace. And then he gets his full revelation. It's faith. It's faith in what Jesus has done. And then he celebrates what he calls passive righteousness. I don't do anything. I believe. And he changed Europe changed Europe one guy suddenly saw it stood against everybody suddenly saw it faith the place it's just faith you just got to believe and faith plays its part when we're talking about healing faith plays its part you remember when Jesus was in a crowd someone had said to him would you come and heal I come to my home sickness in my home and Jesus is on this journey and he's got his back to this woman it's like he's not interested in her. <laughs> he's going to do something else. And this woman, it says, she said in her heart, if I could touch him, I'll be made whole. That's what's going on inside. See, beloved, it helps if there's something going on inside. Jesus healed the sick, but there's something going on inside. If I could only touch him, I'll be made whole. That's what she thought. That was her conviction. If I, can t- if I can get through the crowd and touch him, I'll be made whole. So God's looking for some conviction. And it sounds, she touched him and she was immediately healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? 
And the apostles said, hey, come on, everyone's pushing. No, I felt power go out from me. I felt it happen. Jesus was aware that faith had touched him. He was aware faith had touched him. And so he turned. And, and being the wonderful pastor, teacher, shepherd, he doesn't leave her just, he wants her to be affirmed. Who touched me? Who touched me? And she says, oh, I did. Your faith has saved you. Your faith. So Jesus affirmed faith. He affirmed faith. He encouraged faith. He endorsed faith. It's interesting that when it says in Acts 14 and verse 9, Paul's preaching. And Paul says this, or the Bible says this, seeing the man had faith to be healed, he said, get up. Now some people would say, uh, and you, know, you need to hear these things, you will never find in the Bible people preaching a message about healing. And that's perfectly valid. You won't. You won't find... There are a few reported sermons in the book of Acts and there's no reference to healing in their sermons. But here's an interesting thing. Paul's preaching and suddenly seeing this man has faith to be healed. Where do you get that from? What's he preaching about? Tithing? He's preaching something. That gay, this man's got, he's seeing the man have faith to be healed. So what's he preaching? He's preaching something. Why did the man suddenly have faith to be healed? We find that Simon Peter preached about Jesus. He says, you all know about Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So this Jesus they preached was a Jesus who healed the sick. And so you won't find a sermon like I'm giving this morning, arguing for healing. But Peter preached this kind of Jesus. You know about Jesus. He healed people. This, Paul's preaching. Whatever he's preaching, we don't know. But he said, ah, you've got faith to be healed. And in, God, in Galatians chapter 3, he said, did you really? It says to this church, this young church he'd been dealing with. He said, did you receive the Spirit? through works of the law or by hearing with faith and then he says this and those who do miracles among you is it through works of the law or through hearing with faith oh I see so miracles happening among you has to do with hearing with faith so things must have been preached that stimulated stimulated faith Jesus looks to see faith and sometimes like this guy said I'm so, I'm so blessed seeing this dear man on the video he said I prayed nothing happened what an honest guy then later what's this I feel this power coming up inside me I prayed nothing happened see we, sometimes that happens pray for you oh, nothing happened it says about the ten lepers read the story of the ten lepers it says Jesus told them go show yourself to the priest what's the next line say as they went on their way they were made whole as they went on their way what does that mean it means if at that very moment they had said well, why would I go and see the priest 
Still got this stuff all over me. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Okay. As they went on their way, they made home. Jesus said it. Faith arose. Faith is a key thing. Faith is part of the deal. Faith in Jesus. Faith. I prayed for a lady in Sunbury a year or two back. And she's, we, we prayed for a few people. And, and she came to me and said, did you notice me? I was in the worship band. And I said, to be honest, I, yeah, I guess I must have done. And she said, did you notice I can only get my hands this high in worship? I said, no, I'm sorry I didn't. She said, well, I can, that's the ark. I can get them that high and that low. That's all I can do. Would you pray for me? We'd seen other miracles happening. So she said, would you pray for me? And uh, I said, yeah, of course. And she said, well, look. And she showed me. On her, she said, I've got a scar here down four vertebrae where the surgery was. And that's, my, that's all I can do. So I said, yeah, let's pray. So I put my hands on her shoulders, prayed for her. And I said, come on then, let's raise your arms. And she started doing this and she said, and she stopped and said, oh, I'm scared. I said, come on. So, okay, here we go again. And she put her arms up. And the people were standing around, her friends were all around. And she's going, oh my, oh my, oh my. And there's this big grin and tears pouring down. I can't do this, she said. I can't do this. And then she put her hands on it. She said, I haven't shampooed my own hair for years. She said, friends come around three or four times a week to shampoo my hair for me. I haven't been able to touch my head. And then she put her hands behind her back. She said, I can't do this. See, I said to her, I said to her raise your hands. Oh, I'm scared. I said, come on. Come on. Okay. She, she expressed faith. She, she took the step of faith. Like I prayed for a lady with arthritis in the Bermondsey Church. And uh, I prayed she got arthritic knees. And I, I just, I, I felt, I will come to it a bit for time. I just, get, go, arthritis, go. And, uh, and I just now kick my hand. And she looks at me and said, come on, kick my hand. And she kicked my hand, she said, it doesn't hurt. Then the other kicked my hand, and she and didn't hurt. This would be the big test. Went down on her knees, and already she'd had one leg longer than the other, so she'd had a good job. You know, God touched her wonderfully. And uh, and I heard a few weeks later. I didn't know there were quite a few people who were not Christians in that meeting, and they were all crowding around at the end. I love Bermondsey, South London, fabulous atmosphere, lots of noise and. And I didn't know I was praying for people who were not Christians. And apparently she was in the market a few weeks later. And a, and a friend said, hey, you're walking different. How come you're walking different? And she said, I was healed at that church. She got saved two or three weeks later. She's back in the, she's in the church. She had faith to kick out that foot. She took a step of faith. She did what she could and found the power and God. I prayed for a lady um, in the Leeds church, Tony Smith church, and she said, I've got a bent spine. And I put my, put my hand on her back and I felt her hand, I felt her spine moving under my hands. Most exciting, extraordinary experience. I feel her spine moving. And, and then 
I, I prayed for her for quite a while. I could feel his spine moving. Then her husband put his arms around her and said, you feel different. <laughs> and then I didn't know she was a doctor. And uh, in the week, she sent me some x-rays before and after. I heard recently that she carries them in her handbag all the time now, little miniatures of those x-rays, so she can talk to people. And I was in Mexico a little later. And I, a lady came up to me and said, I've got, a bone, I've got a bent spine. And I, found, I heard myself say, it was so exciting, I heard myself say, you won't have that for long. <laughs> I, I thought, oh Lord, it was so exciting. You won't have that for long. And I put my hand on her back. She began to shake, which is something I'd never seen before. She's shaking. And then she went crash on the floor. I thought, good gracious, what's happening? And she got up perfectly healed. Faith plays its part. Prayed for a lady in the church in Cardiff, Andrew uh, Davis. And uh, I'm going down the line, and there's a lady in a wheelchair, which kind of scares the life out of you. So I'm praying for different ones. And I prayed for her, and she looked up at me sweetly, you know. And uh, 21 years in this wheelchair. I went on to the next one. And I'm praying for the next one, and she stood up. And I looked at her, and she started walking up and down. Absolutely amazing. And I said, what's the deal? And she said, while you were preaching, you kept looking at me. Well, I've never looked at a soul while I'm preaching. I didn't look at her. I said, while you were preaching, you looked at me. And then she said, after you prayed, Jesus said to me, get up. So I did. So I did. That was on the Saturday night. On the Sunday, we're in church. And Andy said, uh, I expect you're all surprised that Peggy's sitting in the row. And people kind of, you know how it is, you talk, you don't notice. She's usually in a wheelchair. In the, you're, and she said, Peggy, come up and tell her. Why is she sitting there? So everybody looks around. And Peggy's walking down. You see people going, ah, you see people crying. And Peggy walks to the front. And the first thing she said, she stood next to Andrew. The first thing she said was, you're not very tall, are you, Andrew? <laughs> and she was a counselor in town, very well-known lady. She wrote to me later. She said, I don't get my sickness benefit anymore. God heals the sick. She, she responded with faith. She said, Jesus said to me, get up. She didn't say, I can't. See, Jesus said to the man with with the withered arm, stretch forth. It's a cruel thing to say to someone with a withered arm. Unless in the saying of it, there's power to do it. So faith broke through. Faith broke through. For myself, I... I was healed, and I'll close soon. Um, I struggled after my experience of praying for that little girl years and years ago, and I, I don't want to go near that again. Then I had, I had a very bad back. I couldn't stand for any length of time. And um, it gave me a sort of pain. I got pain down the sciatic nerve, and uh, I, that was where I, I had real suffered with that. Eventually, I went to the doctor, went to the hospital, took x-rays, nothing solved, mystery. 
Then someone took me to an osteopath, and, and the osteopath pointed out, actually, the pain may be there. The problem is you've, it's visible. You've got one leg longer than the other. It's visible. You can see it. Actually, he said to the person who took me, you tell him what's wrong with him. What do you can see? What can you see? They said, well, you've got one leg longer than the other. He said, that's it. So, you know, come along and I'll try and sort you and give you some kind of manipulation of your body and stuff, which I did for a few weeks and nothing improved and it was costing me money. I stopped going. And then sometime later, I mean, it would have been some years later, I got used to it. I wouldn't stand for long. I, I just sit on, my, on the back of things. You know, I just sit on the edge of things a lot. It just hurt a lot. And... Uh, and then a guy came to my church preaching, and then he said, anyone here got lower back pain? I thought, you bet I have. And I went forward, as a lot of people did, and they said, some of you, it's because you've got one leg longer than the other. I thought, that's what the osteopath said. So he said, well, sit down. I sat on the chair, as did several. He sat on the floor, took my feet in his hands, which were very visibly one longer than the other, prayed a short prayer, and my short leg grew in seconds. <laughs> and that was it. I got up. I went, <laughs> I went to watch Brighton play football the next Saturday. Stood for two hours. And, and without pain. I mean, watching Brighton without pain, that's a miracle. <laughs> All right. I was healed. And I've never had the problem since. And he said to me, you pray for people. So I started praying for people and, and saw lots and lots of people healed because it's not an uncommon thing. I'd love to do that in a moment. We'll start with that. I'll start with that because I know you'll be healed and it's the first thing I ever prayed for. And I'd pray for people in America who got bad backs and I'm just seeing them healed, lots of people healed. And then one guy said to me, would you pray for my knees? My knees are shot through. So I thought, what is shot through? And uh, so I prayed for his knees. And, uh, and then these people were facing this way. And they all start laughing. I think, what are they laughing at? And I look round. And the guy is jumping on and off of chairs. And he's, he's saying, hey, I can play basketball again. I thought, oh, wow, shot through knees. Not seen that before. Then the next guy says, I've got a broken collarbone, broken in three places, got metal in here. Would you pray for me? I thought, metal in? Anyway, I prayed for him. And a smile comes on his face. He said, someone walking behind me the other day put their hand on my shoulder. He said, the pain was so intense I fell. He said, I can't carry a bag over that shoulder. And we're having this conversation. And, and then the, he's smiling. He says, hey, hey. The, the bouncy guy comes around and slaps him on the shoulder. He says, hey. So the next Sunday we're in church and the opening song, two of these two both come up. So can we testify? Can we testify? And I suddenly felt, oh God, you're opening up to see other things happening. For me, it was a bit of a turning point. So for me, I've been praying, Lord, show us more and more. So we've seen all sorts of things. Celiac disease went in the Worthing Church. A lady said, I felt it go. She went straight to the donuts and had one. She said, I've got to go. And, uh, you know, so it's an adventure and it's learning all the way. So last week, yeah, hour and a half last Sunday, praying, loads of people got healed, loads of people. One woman said, I've had that pain for 20 years. She said, I can feel it burning down my leg. It's all, the pain's all gone. It's all gone. 
Well, God is here. And the gospel includes he's the Lord who heals us. So I'd love to pray for any who'd like to be prayed for. Our meeting must close. We don't have very long. Another meeting starts pretty soon. So we may find we have to cut off at a certain point when another meeting kicks in. Uh, so we'll work out whether you come back at the end of the other meeting. I don't know. But we'll, uh, let's just stand to pray. Jesus said this. Truly, truly I say to you, he who believes in me, the things I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he'll do. Because I go to the Father. Things that I do, you should do also. He says, I won't leave you orphans. I'll come to you.